Bloody Elbow presents the MMA Bunker. Pull down the blinds and encrypt your comms. Our fearless leader is on lockdown and back in his bunker after a long hiatus. He's providing his thoughts on the UFC, the state of MMA business, incriminating rumors, and the latest spicy headlines. Complete with the MMA tete-a-tete, featuring interviews with guests from the MMA community. Pay Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content if available at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, Kid Nate Wilcox. Hola, cage fighting connoisseurs. This is your host, Kid Nate, and welcome back to the MMA Tete-A-Tete, or Tete-A-Tete, however you want to say these weird French words. And we've got a very special guest today. We've got Tyler Blazinski, the co-founder of SB Nation, which became Vox Media, which launched Bloody Elbow. Tyler, welcome to the show. I I don't know if I should say bonjour or or hello, but hello. How are you? (laughs) Doing well, doing well. Happy to have you. So, Tell us the story. How did SB Nation start? How did you get involved with it? Uh, so it was a long, long time ago. Yes, I am old, but uh, it was actually back in November of 2003. Um, I started a, a type pad site, and those of you who are a little bit older may remember that there wasn't just WordPress back in the day. There was also TypePad, and... Uh, they gave you a free trial to be able to like see if you like this blogging thing. And uh, my best buddy was Marcos Molitas uh, of Daily Coast fame. And he suggested that I start writing about the Oakland Athletics. I think large part because both him and my wife were utterly exhausted hearing me talk about it nonstop. So <laughs> they kind of <laughs> just wanted to push me aside and get me going. But Um, I think Marcos also had an ulterior motive in that he kind of thought that maybe there was the potential to take his idea for politics, you know, the tribal idea for politics and 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 apply it to sports. So um, in some ways, I think I was kind of his his guinea pig, but um, went ahead and did it, did it for about. uh, Almost for that full trial. And then I started uh, and a site called Athletics Nation. Um, it was all about the Oakland Athletics. It was all about uh, kind of look looking and examining the team um, from more of a, a fan perspective, but also uh, trying to understand what the team was doing as opposed to your typical fan that was basically just knee-jerk reaction to everything. Um, so I, I took a... I had a reporting background, so I took more of an objective view, but I sprinkled in a lot of fan opinions with things as well. So I had that writing ability, and it wasn't long before it took off, and it it found a pretty big audience considering the landscape back then. Um, Nate, you you may or may not be aware, back then there was very much a desert of – sports coverage in terms of like from the fans perspective you kind of either had to go to the espn message boards or sports talk radio um so and and all of them were very uh 
I don't want to say unregulated, but there was no moderation. So, you know, you might go to an ESPN message board to talk about the A's and get trolled relentlessly by Yankee fans. So it, there wasn't really kind of a safe corner of the Internet. So that's kind of how it took off. Uh, it was successful. Uh, it wasn't long before I developed a relationship with the team itself and, and Billy Bean, he of Moneyball fame, for those of you who have seen the movie and read the book. Uh, I prefer the book, but the movie is very good, too. Um, and then I, I started searching for other people who were doing something similar to what I was doing on TypePad, on WordPress and the whole thought process was we'd be stronger as a collective as opposed to out there in the desert of sports coverage. And uh, we had access to the Daily Coast platform, thanks to Marcos, which also made it very appealing to anybody who wanted to hear their voice heard because of the diary function, which later turned into fan posts. So anyway, <clears throat> it took off pretty quickly. We started with baseball. Um, I think the next one was college. Um, and then we kind of just ballooned up from there and, and searched for other sports. And as you know, that that's sort of where Bloody Elbow kind of entered the fray. So ho hopefully that wasn't too long and wordy, but that's kind of how the, the origin story started. No, that's 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 exactly what I was looking for. What um what were your goals at that point? Like after you'd started Athletics Nations and it was successful and you're expanding other things, what were you aiming for? I kind of wanted to change the dynamic of interaction between sports and their fans. Uh, I kind of felt like uh, the fans had been kept at arm's length. The fans had been kept um, away from um, having their opinion heard and having their opinion felt. Um, and, and my whole goal was to strengthen the voice of the fans because I kind of felt like there was a whole lot of smart fans out there that were being ignored, that were kind of being sidelined on things. And uh, this was obviously before Twitter, before any of the other giant social medias where fans' voices could be heard particularly loudly. So that was really my main goal was to strengthen uh, the the voice and the input of the fan because all of these sites that I was recruiting people for they were all run by fans uh, none of them were really professionals who who had a professional background outside of really myself I was one of the only ones that like kind of grew up in sports media so um, it was that that was really my goal is that I I found a whole lot of fans who were frustrated with the state of coverage and the lack of coverage from a fan's perspective. So it was always an insider in the locker room talking to these people, writing game stories, writing reaction stories, and those kinds of things. But it was never input from the from the paying customer. Um, and I think that's honestly why Billy Bean and Michael Lewis, the guy who wrote Moneyball, and some of the other people really took notice of us because we were trying to give you the intelligent fan perspective, not the yelling, screaming guy who would call into sports talk radio. It was more, although you would get your occasional rant, rant of Palooza, but, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't heard and it wasn't, <clears throat> there was no, there was no sounding board for people to come on and really let loose as to what they really thought about the team. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, 
go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection main card and prelims UFC preview shows, the sixth round post-fight show, the Show Money Podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.